Hi everyone, in today's Locked On Canadians, what does it mean that Carey Price is traveling to New York to get evaluated? In addition, what will the Canadians do if they do not get the first overall pick? All that and more is coming up in today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome to episode 603 of Locked On Canadians, your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Check us out five days a week. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick and I'm one of your hosts and I'm joined as always by Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday, I think, evening? I'm all right. Like one, I thought there was a game uh, today. There is not, uh, as I've been so well informed by my co-host, which tells you about how long the season is dragged on that I don't know what day it is anymore. I, 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 I'm all right. It's been a, it's been a long day of just thinking about hockey stuff as the season's coming to an end here, not realizing, okay, there's still two more days and an AHL playoff run to go still, but you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm just, you know, taking it one day at a time and kind of going with the flow here. I think that, you know, we're kind of all ready for the season to end because all the fun stuff starts in the off season for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. I think we should, we'll talk a little bit later in the show about all the stuff that we've got planned for the next few weeks in terms of content. Uh, but first I want to talk about Carey Price. Now yesterday on yesterday's uh, episode, we spent an entire segment saying everybody chill out, don't panic. Uh, but now he's decided to travel with the team in order to be evaluated by the same surgeon that did the knee, the, the surgery on his knee. And it's increasingly hard for people not to panic. I do have to say, though, that the Canadians aren't necessarily being too forthcoming with information. They had the emergency call-up with uh, Caden Primo and then uh, calling him up to to back up Samuel Montembeau on Sunday. And, um, and then they're like, well, he's not going to travel to the team, but he'll be fine for the last game of the season. And then they're like, actually, he's going to travel with the team and he's going to get a consult. So a lot of people are like, this is the end for Carey Price. Now, I think that we're not doctors. We're not surgeons. We're not experts in, I believe it was his, was it his ACL or his MCL, whatever it was. I'm assuming it's his entire knee is just a gobbledygook mess of paper clips, rubber bands, and the and souls magnets. of Toronto. And yeah, exactly. Like, there's <laughs> and no- the souls of Toronto players. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly it. That, and no wonder it fell apart. It's the playoffs. It's playoff time. So naturally that part has to fall <laughs> apart right now. Uh, the whole thing is, is I look at this and I go, he's traveling with the team. Okay, cool. To New York to see the doctor who did his surgery. And my thought is, okay, that could be bad. He wants to talk to him and be like, hey, this doesn't feel right. Where are we at? Or it's a routine like, hey, I would have been going to New York to get this looked at anyways kind of thing. It's a however many months checkup on this and it could be nothing at all. But like we said yesterday, with anything relating to carry price and major injuries, there's always some air of panic just because it's carry price and it's never anything little. It's always something big. There's never, it's like a, ah, 
you know, he's got some bumps and bruises. He's back in a week. It's always uh, his entire pelvic floor has imploded and he'll be back in any amount of days kind of thing. Like I understand the panic on it, but I, there's just a lot that I, I feel like the doom clouds hanging over me, whether it should be or not, it just feels kind of that way. And I don't think that's fair to carry price in the team to automatically assume it's bad. But I also don't fault people for feeling that way because it feels like we really haven't gotten good news in ever uh, this season <laughs> at any point in time. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. And I also understand the tendency for people to kind of look to that because it took a very long time for him to come back. And then he played, you know, three games, was it four games? And it's, you know, back to the surgeon for evaluation. But here's the thing. He said himself that the movements that he does in his position cause for this injury not to take longer to get better. And he also said that you know, he knew that when he came back, it was kind of to see how it felt, to see how things felt, to see how things progressed. He did not uh, seem particularly athletic or confident in that. Well, no, that's not true. I think he, he, he there were some movements that looked a little bit suspicious when he played in that game against uh, against Ottawa. I just, I think that we shouldn't be so quick to say that he's going to hang up the skates. I do think that you could understand his his point of view he's gonna work as hard as he can and exhaust every possibility to come back because the one thing he hasn't won is a stanley cup and he talks about the pain of not being able to do that and i do think that he needs to be sure that he can't play again and i just i personally you know a lot of a lot of people are like oh he might hang them up a lot of people are like can can we just wait and see maybe he tweaked it Maybe he's maybe he's maybe he's being overly cautious. He felt a twinge somewhere he shouldn't have felt, and now he's like, "Oh, everything's falling apart." Maybe he's just being cautious. Maybe maybe it's just you know he wants to be evaluated. Martin Saint Louis said, you know, it's it's a matter of rest, and that he fought really hard to come back, and he feels like it's a positive that that he fought really hard to come back. I just don't think that we should be celebrating a person's retirement before he's actually called it on his career. And I don't think we should be panicking. Maybe he's not 100% now, but there's still a possibility that after three and a half months of offseason, he will be. We don't know. Like, his recovery time we knew was going to be really long for this injury. Probably didn't think it was going to take a whole year. But I just, I don't want to panic. But at the same time, it's a little bit more serious than we thought it was yesterday, is, is how I feel. And, and I look at it this way, is that this is a huge thing for Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. It's $10.5 million against the cap. That if he's healthy, you have to make the room for this or you run into a Vegas situation, which we will touch on later in the show here. And at the same time, if he's not good to go, you have to get your contingencies in place because all due respect to Samuel Montembeau, he is not that guy next year. And all due respect to Caden Primo, he's proven he cannot be that guy with Jake Allen quite yet. So it becomes what do you do if you were the Montreal Canadiens in this situation? Do you go out and pay for another goalie and wait for Carey Price to be good? Like, or do you do you try and make it a move this offseason and retain some salary and allow him a chance to win a cup and do right by the player, like they said they want to do, and allow your team to go full scale with the rebuild here? It's it's an unenviable situation and they have a very tough spot there because one carry price deserved to get paid that contract. It's hard to live up to that contract. And now they have to work around that with their current roster. So 
I, I'm very intrigued to see how this all goes. It's probably going to be the preeminent storyline in Montreal this offseason besides the draft here because it's carry price and it's important. And hopefully, I'm hopeful that it's just, hey, okay, we came back. You still got a little soreness and a little bit time for recovery. Go to the offseason and relax and come back in, you know, ready in game shape in August, September. That's best case scenario out of all of this. Or best case scenario is they go, oh, no, it's fine. You know, it's just you're working out the rust and the kinks and everything. So we just have to wait and see. And I guess we'll find out Tuesday in New York what his status is, I guess. Yeah, and we'll keep an eye on it, obviously. But I just I I don't want to overstate how important it is that we are patient and we wait to hear what happens before we start calling it on his career uh he's also the one who holds all the cards right he's got an nmc so that's super super important and at the same time another thing that's really important for the montreal canadians is where they're going to draft particularly in the first round uh in this offseason and what happens if they do not get the number one overall pick we're going to talk about that in just one moment. But first, I want to talk to you about HelloFresh that has been saving my, basically saving my behind lately. It is the most convenient way to eat healthy and still be cooking at home. The ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they're always arriving fresh. And you don't have to go to the grocery store or wait till the weekend to go to the farmer's market because we know those farmer's market hours. They're never convenient for people who work a nine to five. It is literally all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not buying too much or throwing out food. That's something that I get so much guilt over, like throwing out food. You're not going to have to do that with HelloFresh. It's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. It saves me so much time. As you know, I have two jobs. This podcast is just one of my jobs, and I need the time savings. And I definitely, definitely think that HelloFresh has made a huge difference in my life in terms of convenience, in terms of, you know doing right by myself. And if you want to try, you can go to hellofresh.com slash lockdown16 and use lockdown16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts so you'll know what Scott and I are talking about. That's hellofresh.com slash lockdown16 and use code lockdown16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. All right, so Scott, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier because we do have some fun stuff planned for when the draft lottery rolls around. We're actually going to be doing a live show a little bit later after the lottery that night so you guys can uh, join us live and and chat in the comments. Um, I'll also be hosting a roundtable for Locked On NHL, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, And that's all going to happen once we know the Canadians' position in the draft lottery. Now, we talked a little bit last week about the odds of the Canadians drafting first overall because at the time, they were firmly in 31st place. But now, they're in a position where they're even worse than the Arizona Coyotes. And... It's a possibility that they'll draft first overall. In fact, for most of this season, people expected that the Canadians will draft first overall. But there's a possibility. We've seen it with so many teams where they've been abysmal all year. Their fans have been depressed all year. And then they end up not with the first overall pick. In which case, you know they'll get the second, right? Like the way that the NHL has set it up is that you're not going to drop that far. You're kind of locked in. What do you do if you don't draft first overall? 
Well, my, my first thing is here is I'm looking at the standings right now. The Coyotes have three games left to play and the Habs have two. The Habs have 51 points. The Coyotes have 51 points, but the points percentage is different because the Habs have more uh, losses in overtime. Arizona has two more regulation wins. Uh, Montreal has obviously New York and Florida, which are not easy games for teams jockeying for playoff position here. And my first thought is if the Habs don't draft first overall, it's not the end of the world with this. Uh, I, I like Shane Wright. I like Shane Wright a lot. I think he would be a fantastic addition to the Canadians. And as I look through the draft rankings and I see Logan Cooley and Simon Nemitz and Yurov Slavkovsky and these other names, it's not the end of the world if they aren't drafting first overall because there's other good pieces there. And you look through this and a lot of it depends on what are you as a team looking for? Do they want a center? Do they want a winger? Do they want a defenseman? The answer is yes to all of these things. And it's very easy to forget. They do hold another first round pick in this draft. They will be picking at the top of round two. They have another second round pick. Uh, I believe that they got from Edmonton this year. And I know we say this a lot is, you know, it's a deep breath. It's all right. They are still in position to get someone very good. And I've been able to watch a lot of Logan Cooley this week because the under 18s are happening on NHL network. And as someone who has a TV and the beer shop at their job, NHL network is on constantly. And I get to see Logan Cooley as part of this powerhouse United States team. And he's very, very good. A lot of these players are very, very good. And Shane Wright is a fantastic player. This is not a, Oh, well, he wasn't actually that good. Anyways, kind of post. This is a, if you miss out on Shane Wright, there are just as many good options for the Canadians there that might just play a different position. You look at someone like Joachim Kamel, uh, Simon Nemitz, David Yurichek, other names like that who have prominent skills. It's not the end of the world because one pick does not make or break an entire rebuild, especially when you hold another one in that first round there and then several in the year after that. Next year, I want the first overall pick. Connor Bedard friggin' rules, and I will go into the grave wanting that first overall pick. If they pick third this year with the, with the knowing that they're probably going to pick in the top three again next year, I'm not going to be all that panicked about it because Connor Bedard, Mitin Michkov are phenomenal, incredible, tantalizing, game-breaking players. I, I think so too. Like, here's the thing is that a lot of people at some point over the course of the season, they changed their tune. They were like, stop shaming for Shane. <laughs> the bigger prize is next year. I think the important thing for people to keep in mind, especially in this market, is that the Canadians are not one player away from contending. A lot of their issues stem from the fact that there simply isn't enough elite level talent this, this on this team. And not only that, there are some pieces that will likely be moving out that do provide some of the talent. For example, Jeff Petrie, who has seen a resurgence under Martin St. Louis. In fact, I wanted to do a little bit of an analysis of in the offseason about some of the players that have really turned their seasons around at, like at, at around the time of the coaching change. And Jeff Petrie was definitely one of them. But for personal reasons, it seems like he wants to be traded back to the States, which is understandable. It's up to him and his family what is best for them. And I know that the Canadians are going to accommodate that if they can. They have committed, though, that they won't trade him unless it makes sense for the Habs as well. But, you know, he is one He's one defenseman that they're losing. You're talking about, a lot of people are talking about, well, will Jonathan Drew have a better start elsewhere? I don't know if that's something that the, the Gordon and Hughes are doing, but for certainly from a fan perspective, people seem to be acting like it's a done deal, right? Yoel Armia is probably going to come off the books. Oh, he's going to 
probably be traded somewhere. It doesn't look like he's going to get bought out because it just doesn't make sense for the Canadians to do that. You know, you've got Mike Hoffman, who would be a better fit on a, a lot of other teams. It's just not here right now. You look at this team and you're like, there simply is not enough talent. And you look at the defensemen too. Like there's a lot of okay defensemen, but are they good defensemen? There's not a whole lot of that on this team yet. Not like not really. There might be some people in the pipeline that they're developing, you know, like we don't know how how um, Baron or Harris are going to turn out. You know, they're showing promise at their respective games for sure. I'm, I'm very excited about Jordan Harris, for example, but you need a lot more talent on this team. They're not a player away from contention. They're not one draft away from contention. They're a few drafts or a few sets of players or a few positive developments, right? And it's not a situation where you've got like a good young team and then you add two or three free agents that are that'll fill out your depth and you'll become a contender. Like there's a lot of team that go teams that go that route, right? But the Canadians have a long way to go. So I don't think it's necessarily the end of the world if they don't get the first overall pick. It's great because then you get to pick literally the best player that's available. But the second and third best player that are available, the fourth, fifth, sixth, even seventh, I would say. Uh, we talked about this with Tony Ferrari. Uh, now it's like a couple months ago at this point, but we will bring him back. He's a delightful person that we love very much. Um, and we'll talk a lot about, you know, who's available. And I, I just, I think that it's 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 not the end of the world. It's It's disappointing a lot of times in a draft that's not so deep when a team is so bad and has been, has had such a miserable bad luck season um, that they don't get the first overall because it feels like that first overall he does really does feel like it soothes it. It's a consolation prize. that really is a consolation. Um, but I just, I'm not, I'm not too nervous. I'm not too worried. You know, uh, Connor Bedard is, is another prize that I would like to see the Canadians get, but you never know how that goes. And that's the thing is, like, if they don't get first overall after finishing last, I'm probably going to feel a little bit bitter about it. But at the same time, the analytic part of my brain that actually does the draft research and the profiles and this and that and the other thing knows it's not the end of the world if they have a plan in place for what they want to do with the draft here. There is good talent if you have the right people looking for it. And I think Hughes and Gordon as one, Gordon did a very good job scouting talent for the Rangers and I think Hughes, being a player agent, knows the ins and outs and has his connections with what to do with that. I, I, I'm not going to panic about this yet unless that, you know, something crazy absolutely happens where if they fall out of the top five, they're assured a top four pick at this point, I believe. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it. It's going to sting a little bit that we went through all this and didn't get the first overall pick for the, you know, for whatever reason, but... I am not going to get worked up about it. There's too much else going on right now to worry too much about. What happens if we don't get Shane Wright? Well, then you just pick Logan Cooley at number two and you move on with your life. Simple as that. Yes. <laughs> pick Logan Cooley and move on with your life. That's going to be our motivational quote um, going forward. And in just a moment, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the uh, content plans we have for the, the coming weeks so that you'll know that, you know, the, the season might be over, but... Our stuff is just beginning and that's coming up. And we're also going to talk about uh, some other teams that aren't really doing all that right by their players. And that's coming up in just one second. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 18 delicious flavors that are all low in sugar, that are high in protein. They're made with real chocolate and they're delicious. They're not like any other protein bar you've ever had. They don't have that sandy texture. They don't have that weird way protein taste. And not only that, they always come up with special edition flavors all the time. It's on constant rotation. Right now, 
There's Bilt Bar granola bars. I mean, come on. You know you're interested in those. And we can vouch they're delicious. I use them as an on-the-go breakfast. Scott uses them to hike or when he's going hiking. And if you want to try Bilt Bar or any of their special edition flavors or any of the other fun products that they have, you can go to Bilt.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's Bilt.com. Promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Okay, so um, the Canadian season has not been that great, and it is almost over. And we are still going to be producing content for the first little while. We're still going to be five days a week. And then in the off-season, off-season, which I believe happens after free agency is over, we will go down to three episodes a week. What does that mean for you? It means that we're going to change the tune of our content a little bit. We're going to have a little bit more time and a little bit more uh, flexibility with what we do. And you can shape some of the stuff that we talk about as well. We're happy to take uh, listener ideas. In fact, Paul G, a couple weeks ago on the YouTube, put a, put a uh, content idea in the comments that we are fleshing out and, and we're very excited about. Uh, but first, what's going to happen is next week. We're going to do season review type uh, episodes. So like right after, uh, I guess, our sat our Monday episode <laughs> after the Friday game, our Monday episode will be uh, an overview of, you know, the season. And then we're going to start having guests on. We're starting to talk to people uh, from all kinds of the Habs community, all over the Habs community. And we'll do like some season review type stuff with them. In the meantime, the Rocket will be in the playoffs. So we will be talking about that as well. When the draft lottery week rolls around, we'll be covering that as well. It's on a Tuesday. So we're going to have our, our live reaction later that day. And then we're going to start doing content based around the Canadians draft position. Uh, there are a lot of draft experts that people love to hear from, and we have been in contact with all of them. We're just going to you know, have to work out some scheduling. So we're going to have a lot of scouting and drafting experts that are going to come on we're going to talk not just about, you know, whatever, wherever the Canadians are picking in the first round, but we're going to talk about later rounds as well. We'll talk about steals. We'll talk about all of that. We're working on getting some cool and interesting guests from around the Habs community. And we're also going to start talking about concepts. For example, uh, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit and don't even forget that we don't even know what's going to happen with coaching changes. You know, Martin St. Louis is likely to come back. But he's probably going to be want to be hiring his own staff, right? There's probably going to be trades as soon as the Canadians, you know, uh, have an opportunity to trade some of these players. That's going to happen as well. So we're going to be covering all the news aspect of it as as time goes on. But we're just we're super excited to have a lot of prospect content. We're super excited to have a lot of you know armchair GM content in terms of who will the Canadians trade, who will they get, who will they go for in free agency, and we'll do some reviews of certain things. Like I think a really good in-depth analysis of players for example how did the players perform at the beginning of the season versus at the end of the season we talk a lot about Cole Caulfield but you know was there any difference to Brendan Gallagher's game was there any difference to you know David Savard a lot of people uh you know were talking about how uh he's you know he he, he was a bust he, he shouldn't have you know but we've got a couple of experts that kind of have a different tune on that you know Oh, what's what's Romanov's potential? There's so many things that we can talk about. And there's so many cool content ideas. And if you have any ideas for people we should ask or interview, um, that's also uh, welcome. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave it in the YouTube comments. Don't be a jerk. I'll delete the comment or be rude to you and then delete it. Um, I, 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 I have no shame. If you're rude, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you regret leaving that comment. Um, and then I'll delete you. 
Uh, and then, you know, uh, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can tweet me at the active stick. You can, um, you can ask Scott Matla as well at Scott Matla on Twitter. You can also leave it in the reviews, uh, on, on Apple. Uh, as long as you leave a nice review, we will take your content idea seriously. Uh, in the meantime, we kind of wanted to talk for a few minutes about the, um, I can't, I can't say the word that I want to say, so I'm just going to say the circus that is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, no, they're not the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They're the Vegas Golden Knights. Sorry. So the whole thing with Vegas is, is that they're uh, potentially going to miss the playoffs. They might have missed the playoffs by the time the show uh, is in your inbox and everything because they're playing the Dallas Stars tonight. And the biggest thing about this team, and this goes back to the offseason when they traded Marc-Andre Fleury for literally nothing – because they wanted to run with Robin Leonard as their starting goalie to have more cap space and flexibility. And then they went and traded for Jack Eichel, which they could not fit him under the cap. So they had to do some shenanigans where they tried to trade Evgeny Dodonov, could not because of his no trade clause, made a huge stink that got a trade nullified. And then Robin Leonard, it was reported three days ago by Emily Kaplan of ESPN that he wanted season-ending surgery because he needed it. He was playing. He tried to play through it as best he could, and he couldn't, and that he felt like it was time to get that done. And Pete DeBoer, when I asked about it, says, I expect to see him at practice and then on the bench. And the, the news that's come out of this is that Leonard is not happy with the way DeBoer has treated him this season. After they lost to New Jersey, uh, DeBoer had some comments that Leonard obviously took to heart because they were directed at him. Pete DeBoer did everything except drive a gaudy Vegas double-decker tour bus over him during that. And Leonard went, I'm hurt. I need this surgery. I am done for the season right now. And then today, Vegas announced that, yes, he is in fact, or it was yesterday, that he is in fact done for the season. He's getting season-ending, I believe it's shoulder surgery, is what I saw there. And it's like, why do people want to play for this organization that treats them purely as physical assets and not human beings. And I get it that they are assets. Players are assets to a team, but Vegas has this running trend of how they treat players. And quite frankly, it's disgusting until you are no longer used until if you are no longer useful to them, regardless of how good a player you still are, they will pitch you out the door and they don't even care. They don't home grow their own talent. They traded all three of their first-round picks from their inaugural season for other pieces. Alex Petrangelo, uh, Max Pacioretty, and I believe it was Mark Stone. So Brandstrom, Suzuki, and Glass are all with other teams now. Thank you for that, by the way. And they don't homegrow any talent, and they go out and they spend on whatever the shiny new toy is and then just throw people aside for it anyways. Like, I look at this team and the reputation they're creating, and I just go, why would anyone want to play for this team? The minute that you get injured or there becomes someone new available, why would you want to be someone who plays that same position there? Because you know they're just going to kick you out the door afterwards. And my thought is if Robin Leonard needs this surgery and he made it clear he wanted the surgery and the team said no, where is the NHLPA? I, I, I know that we've harped on this a lot with a lot of different things, but is this not a thing that the players union should be stepping in for to help him out? Like, Hey, I need season ending shoulder surgery. It's bad. And the team isn't letting me do this. Where is Don fear going? Oh uh, yeah, Vegas, you need to let him do that. It. Oh, he didn't get the emails. 
Oh, oh, sorry. He didn't recall that Robin Leonard called him and said this was happening. Of course. How silly of me. That's never happened. Nope. Nope. Because I'm, I'm going to say a lot of four letter words that are going to get the show an explicit rating. And I don't want to do that. Just, I, I get that Vegas wants to win and it's admirable to want to go for it and go for it and go for it. Part of being a good team is knowing that you, when, when you need to pull back a little bit and realize we should probably restock the cabinets a little bit here. You spent and spent and spent and spent. You were up against the cap. Now you were over the cap. Like you cannot get a bunch of these players back next season. If you think Montreal is going to have a fire sale, wait till you see what Vegas has to do to get under the cap next year without pulling off their very obvious cap bull crap. But like, if you were a player, I get that the appeal of Vegas is very easy. You know, the media isn't swarming all over you. It's Vegas. It's a fun time, but you get treated like crap the minute that something else happens or becomes available. And I don't know what kind of player wants that for their career. I think there's, there's a lot of things that go into obviously choosing to play somewhere. Um, and I definitely think, you know, people kind of overstate the taxes impact and people kind of, they understate the, the life, the daily life aspect of it. Because if you're going to be in an organization, not knowing that you're going to be treated, you know, like, like a play, like a, like a, like an asset, you know, we talked to, we talk about players like assets. And so if you're not going to be treated like a, an asset and that that's worthy, why would you go somewhere, right? It's never just about the money. It's never just about where my family will be happy. It's never just about, you know, what city it is. It's never just about that kind of stuff. It's also, do I have a chance to win? That's a big factor. So Vegas had that appeal because you always had a chance to go far in the playoffs. But then how will I be treated when I'm there also becomes important. As Vegas starts sliding, doing that backslide now, we, we don't even, you know, at the time that we're recording this, there's a very crucial game in which um, they can get eliminated. Is that correct? Either they can get eliminated or officially eliminated or... If they lose to Dallas, they are out. They're, they're out. out. Got out. it. Yes. Right. So, and that's going on right now as we're recording this. So you're on a backslide at this point. You're going to have to get rid of a lot of talent in order to get back under the cap. So that winning aspect isn't there. So don't you want to be known as, as an organization that has the utmost respect for its players and treats them well? I mean, you just look at other dysfunctional organizations around the, around the league and who wants to sign at those, right? It's never just about the city. It's never just about the opportunity for winning. If there's an obvious sign of dysfunction, nobody wants to go there. You look at a bunch of teams and you're like, why don't these teams have more talent? It's because nobody wants to go there, right? Yeah, and that's, it, yeah. It, and that's the thing is like we we talked a lot about what Seattle's doing. At least Seattle's not just throwing away everything that they were given in their first season here. I, I and the thing is, it's like I I want hockey to have parity and to be fun. I will not lie to you. I am rooting for Vegas to lose because one, learn to suffer like the rest of us. You can't win everything every season. You are not the 1970s Canadians or Flyers. That's not how this works. So. Guess what? Now is the time to find out that you can't just buy your way out of being bad for a season. Yeah, you had a lot of injuries. Guess what? So did the Canadians. They had the worst season for history injuries in history. We're not throwing a goalie under the bus every single game kind of thing. I just it, – it, it irks me. It's like I'm not a Vegas fan. I'm not a fan of one of their rival teams or anything like that. It's just like it feels very gross to have – treated you know robin leonard who you put your trust in to trade the vesna winning goalie mark andre Fleury, in a quite frankly bullcrap way when he found out on twitter in the offseason 
And this is what it, this is the kind of return he gets for that for having loyalty to the team. It, it's really kind of gross. And I'm not a fan. Right. And speaking of gross things, the season is almost at an end. Uh, we've got one more game. Um, well, no, we've got two more games. We've got one game tonight when you were listening to this, and then we've got one game on Friday. Uh, also, after the New York Rangers game, I will be on Game Over Montreal with Andrew Berkshire and Alice Morant. If you watched Bonk. our previous episode. <laughs> if you I'm just bonking episode, everybody now. Uh, all of you need <laughs> Jesus. All of you. <laughs> we do need Jesus. But anyway, we will be reunited. Alice and I will be reunited. And I, um, I, I'm very excited about that. If you did see our previous episode uh, on Game Over with myself and Alice as, Alice as the guests, um, it was a good time. I highly encourage you to check that out. And then obviously Scott and I will be recording the recap um, after the after that happens. And maybe we'll have a little bit of news on Carrie Price. In the meantime, please make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. We like when people subscribe on YouTube. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends. Uh, like we said, you can suggest your topic ideas. You can, you know, you can interact with us. Always be nice if you don't want to be deleted. Uh, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, if you're done with us, check out Locked on NHL. That is actually where I will be hosting a roundtable with the lottery teams um, after the lottery order is announced. Uh, sorry, after the draft order is announced. Uh, so check out Locked on NHL wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow.